Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Guess who's back? Back (laughs) again. It is back. I mean, yeah. Tell I'm, your friends. I got to tell you, buddy, I missed your solo episode. I'm going to go back and listen to it, though. I was unable wow, to. I mean, you were a busy though. dude. After talking <sighs> to you just for the past hour, you were a busy dude, man. So, like, I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will tell you, though, I missed you because it's always fun to have interaction with you and, you know, to kind of reminisce on some things, talk about different things. Um your travels took you near and far, it sounds like, one. But what was the most curious part for me <laughs> was, Ed, you decided uh. to act young again. And you want to play some three-on-three basketball, my friend. Oh, um, my now, how God, does your yeah. old body feel now? Well, I'm not 20. That's for sure. I'm not even 40. <laughs> like, this is... Hey, it was, it was, it was rough, but it was fun because, you know, I get to play with, uh, it was a couple of guys played with us from other countries. So it made it kind of interesting. I mean, I've played with Canadians and I played with some other countries, but it was interesting. And yeah, no, let's just say that, uh, I'm far removed from my glory days. <laughs> so where you were though, because you're in the other uh, side of the globe, did you have international lines like the, you know? I'm talking about the international basketball, yes, the world basketball lines. Yeah, it was, only, yeah. Not only I that, played we on said like international. Uh, we had the international basketball deal. Is that different? Uh, I I believe it's a touch smaller than the men's, and it's bigger than the the women's. So I do believe there's a small difference. Really? It's that orange and white uh, ball that they use in the Olympics. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, adjusting as a big man down in the bottom, obviously it took a little bit of time, you know, I mean, make sure you weren't in three air seconds. Those are air balls, no matter which ball I use. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't what, remember hey, it's good, shooting man. that many air balls before. Like it was bad. <laughs> oh. Hey, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the last time I shot. Well, no, I could. It was probably about last year. Yeah, because our next door neighbor Tom, Tom, who we had on the show, uh, they had a basketball hoop out in front of the house, and uh, sometimes the boys would play. We played knockout once or twice, and we just, you know, we just shot around. But yeah, it. Uh, so I well, played how it started know, last year, but it wasn't like it just shooting. So me and a couple of my buddies said, "Let's go to the gym." First of all, where we were, they had a beautiful gym. I mean, beautiful facility, and we we're like, "Well, let's just go shoot some." You know, just shoot some baskets. We'll play a little 21 knockout, you know, taps. And uh, we we really were terrible. And then we kept ta- – so then we get warmed up, and then now we're making the – like I made this tap, like jumping backwards over my head, tap the guy to zero, you know. So now we're tapping each other so much, nobody can win the game. Uh, so we're playing for a solid hour, easy a solid hour. I mean, um, and then – also, since my glory days, I have started wearing glasses, so this is new for me. Also, uh, and then the uh, these guys court. come in. Yeah, I've never worn glasses before. So then these guys walk in and they're like, "Hey, let's uh, let's shoot for teams, play three on three. And we're like, "Sure." So what are the odds that the three dudes who have been playing for an hour are going to be the three to make the three pointer to become a team? 
So it's three dudes who've been playing for an hour versus three dudes who just walked in the gym. And uh, we played like that. But it was, uh, a, it was a close game. Win by twos. I mean, we went to uh, 21. I think it was like 26, 24 at the end. So, I mean, we, we battled back yeah. and, and tried. And then uh, once I realized I was going to be uh, building houses and shooting air balls, I just started moving the ball around a little more. <laughs> building houses. Brick City. Oh, man. It's terrible, <laughs> man. I blame the glasses, yeah. though. And the yeah, certificate. <laughs> it's fun, fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so Thursday, Thursday uh, here, I went and did 20 miles on the bike. Longest I've ridden in a while. Um, and that felt like something else. Uh, <laughs> I did, I want to say about 18, well, 17, 18, kind of pushing it a little bit. And then uh, the last two, I just kind of like pedaled around trying to get the lactic acids out and whatnot, try to loosen my legs up, make it feel better. But, yeah. Wow, man. I haven't been in the saddle that long in a while. So, you know, like what, what even on the is, Peloton. What I'm hearing is you're a little uncomfortable walking around right oh, now. Um, it was. No, 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 no. Oh, it was oh. that day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I didn't, and I didn't wear my, I didn't wear my, my cycling suit. So yeah, I didn't have the extra little padding. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But it was fun. It was, it was, it was nice to get out and just ride. I found, I met a, a, a guy here who likes to work out as much as I do. So we kind of link up and do that stuff. Um, it's good times. Uh, but we are actually here to talk about a few things leadership wise. Um, and we come up with, I got to grab my paper because it's down here. Uh, we came up with a, some th- uh, as an article that I'd found, and I'll I'll read about who it was and stuff. But I think this is really great. Before I go that further, much further is uh, it's been about I don't know what two years since we had uh, the bearded ninja on, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, Veterans Day about two years. Yeah, I think it was, it was him and, him, right and, uh, him and Quentin Furman. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So eighteen. Um, so I wanted to. I I broke out. You see this Under Armour shirt, right? But I broke it out because you know it's one of my faves. Let me see if I can get this turned around enough to where people can see it. It's the old Bearded Ninja fan club, you know. So uh, still trying to. Uh, I found a few things on Amazon that can make me look like the bearded ninja. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Videos are going to get good, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anywho, um but what we're going to do is we're going to go over uh this this is article this gentleman wrote. His name is Jim Lob. Uh I think it's Lob. Lab. Did you say Lob? L A U B. Maybe or it could be Lube. I guess it depends on cuz over here if it's a double vowel, it's you pronounce the second one, not the first one. Yeah. So maybe if it's yeah. a, if it's okay. some kind uh, of so, European feel to it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But we yeah. got it. Jim so Lobb. Jim, uh, he basically published this. <laughs> there we go. He pay, he published this uh this article back on March seventh of twenty nineteen. Uh it's called The Three C's of Effective Leadership, which I mean, it's right down our alley, and I can't wait to get into what it talks about. Excuse me. Uh but Jim he is a he's a he basically is a teacher at the MacArthur School of Leadership at the Palm Beach Atlantic University, and he also oversees the Masters in Leadership program. So, 
you, you might say he has uh, he has some experience in there. I actually found this this article on LinkedIn. That's where I was looking at some stuff on LinkedIn. I was like, man, this is this is really good stuff. And there was a guy that uh, had posted further down because you know he asked the question in and people could comment. And he, the guy at the end was like, hey, can I use your stuff for teaching and stuff? And he's like, oh yeah, no problem, use it any all you want. Uh, so that's why I was like, you know what? I want to use it too because I, I really like what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm going to pull out of this, Ed, I've also pulled up a few things on uh, on the interweb, the internet, <laughs> uh, just some stuff that I found that I thought was pretty neat. Uh, before right. I get to that, though, I found this. Uh, it's like a school book, Ed, and it was talking about. I found the thing. Uh, it was dealing with. Uh, I want to say character. No commitment, right? Yeah, commitment. But then I found okay. this this little part of the article, and I wanted to read it real quick uh, before we get into this because I really liked what I had to say, and it it's very much our show, okay? All right, and our listeners and how they think that. So here it is: uh, as leaders, we do a lot. We inspire. We meditate. We decide. We direct. And we do countless other things as part of our day's work. Along with all of this, however, we have another job. One that is sometimes obvious, sometimes subtle. That is always part of what we are doing. The job is influencing other people. Hmm. Influence is the ability to persuade someone. You like that, huh? Yeah. Influence is the ability to persuade someone to think or act in the way you want. This ability is an essential part of leadership. After all, someone who can't convince people of things isn't a leader. No one is following him or her. Therefore, it's important for an effective leader to understand influence. I mean, there it is. We've talked about it a hundred times here. The way he or she can use this understanding to become even more skilled at getting things done. That's what they need to understand. Uh, Influencing people is something leaders do on many levels with many different people. All of us try to influence almost everyone we meet in different ways. We try to convince people to like us or to leave us alone, to sign our petition, or to think about the educational system. Here are some other things a leader might try to convince people to do. Join our coalition. Give us money. Respect our group. Work harder. Stop smoking. Support uh, youth in the arts. You know, these different things. Influence. The influence a leader has extends far and wide from average citizens to other community leaders and possibly even to other national leaders. That was that. That last part is what I, I, I really enjoyed is it. And it's it's that it's that whole essence of what influence is, and that's the whole point about instinctively having influence, you know, over people or with people. I I, I hate the way he said it though. He was talking about uh, com, uh, convincing people to do what you want. I get that, um, but I, Instead, I like to think of it more as like convincing people to do what it is they want to do better. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So that's why I was thinking my whole problem with it was is convincing people to do what you want by making them want to do what you want. 
Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I didn't like that. No, no. I didn't like I, that. No. I, wait a minute. Let's go back. Convincing people to do what you want <laughs> by getting them to want to do that. So it's like, it's just, let's just boil it down. Let me make it make sense to me. So you don't need to be in charge and have people follow you just because you hold a position of power. You want people to follow you because yep. that's what they want to do with their life. They want to follow you based off of your influence on them. Yeah, that's better. That's be- yes. better. I was trying to Absolutely. make it clear. And you know what that leads me into? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that leads me into? That leads me into what we're going to talk about today. All right. The three C's. And those those three C's, I'm going to lay them out right now because you probably know competence, character, and commitment. Those three C's will create that influence that you need that you're looking for. Yeah. That those three C's will help you along the way. I that's why I feel. And that's why I think they're really important for people to look at and understand. Hmm. All so, right. Yeah, so I seem to remember right, before. So here we go, Ed. I remember some okay, other okay, go C's, ahead. but we'll we'll mention them later, but I think there's a couple more C's that could go in there. Okay. Maybe yeah. we'll uh we'll create a running list. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be all right. Maybe all right. somebody could go on our Facebook page and uh, tell us what C they think should be added. Close Facebook page, one-on-one influence. <laughs> Answer the questions. We'll see it. We'll respond. And then we'll admit you to the group. Go and check that out. One-on-one influence on Facebook. And if you don't know what that is, look in the comments or the, uh, the show notes below. Uh, either if you're listening to audio or below this video and you will find a link to those, uh, those just different, uh, <laughs> social media platforms. That's especially hey Brian, Facebook. Since you said All audio, right, so, no, I got to stop you again. So since you said audio, but I would also encourage you to go in and check us out on our YouTube page for one-on-one influence. And then on the YouTube page, you can give us a thumbs up and give us some comments down below. We encourage you to do that as well. So now let's get into it, Brian. <laughs> man i'll tell you what you're a marketing animal you're just an animal all right all right here we go um so what makes for effective leadership not just leadership in name but the kind of leading that truly impacts others and the world in a positive way that's that idea of like becoming that that type of leader that type of influencer that really makes a difference you know, not not just in people, but in the organizations or community. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to be people overall, but it's going to be, you know, small, big, whatever. All right. Uh, we're going to start right off right here. Clearly, leaders need competence in the skills of leading others. These skills include creating and casting a vision, planning, planning and acting strategically, creating mobilized teams, guiding others through change building inspirational motivation, and establishing a powerful learning environment. I like that last part. A powerful learning environment, Ed. Lifelong learning, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's what that would lead to right right there. But but you do a lot of these things, they play together to lead to that, right? So if you're in an organization and you share your vision effectively and, you know, you've got these teams that you've, you've created, then that encourages that powerful learning environment because people feel empowered because they have some buy-in 
They got some skin in the game, if you will, with the organization. So it helps them to want to make it better. So and improve not just yeah. your competence, but theirs. Absolutely. So I did a little bit of research, Ed. Um, obviously, like we kind of sometimes we understand what these words are, but like, do we really understand the deeper meaning behind them? Uh, and so I, I, I looked up each one. Okay. I literally went to Google it. I typed in what is competence? What is character? What is commitment? So first, I'm going to I'm going to hit upon competence, what I found. So competence is the set of demonstrable characteristics and skills that enable and improve the efficiency or performance of a job. Uh, and then further down, when I got into it, I found the four stages of competence, Ed. So there's four different stages. There's, you know, the, uh, the right intuition, the right analysis, the wrong analysis, and the wrong intuition. So these are all different levels. So you have unconscious competence. You have conscious competence, <laughs> you have conscious incompetence, and then unconscious incompetence. And these different four stages, I, I challenge people to look them up and learn a little bit more about them. But there's, you know, it, like right here, it says competence has different meanings and remains one of the most uh, diffused terms in the management uh, development sector in the organizational and occupational literature. <laughs> so there, you can find so much about competence in itself. Brian, um, you know, Brian, Brian. Yes, Ninja Ninja's going to be very disappointed in you, my friend. Do you know what those? <laughs> do you know what those four stages are? Yeah, do you remember? <laughs> I didn't say it. Yeah, go ahead. It's tell the, us. It's the Jahari window <laughs> that he makes us do. Yes. When we're yeah. when we're, we're trained to be instructors, okay. I was just making sure because if you forgot that, he would probably come get that no, no, from I, you. <laughs> As long as the Yankees are in town. <laughs> You're <gonna take> my- <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he would uh, He would come and rip this shirt right off of me, and I'd be like, oh, no, please. Yeah. No. <clears throat> you know, um, no, I knew it. I knew that was what it was, and I had a feeling you are going to bring that up. I was, I was just, I was like, wow, man, how this all relates, how this all comes back full circle. He used to tell us all the time that, you know, everything's like a wagon wheel. You know, you start here at the top. You're going to be 180 at one point, but then you're going to come right back another 180 and be right back where you were. And that's kind of like what this is. It's and it's understanding that competence. What is that back there? Is that your actual backyard? Yeah, it is, and it's getting ugly. There's a little thunder and lightning going on out there. Is it? Yeah, have a storm. Yeah. Well, man. (laughs) But yeah, it's you know understanding like the different the different uh, parts of competence, and you know I. I've seen it thrown around it. I've seen it thrown around different ways, just how people use the terms about, well, you know, you got to have the right competence to do this. What do you mean by that? And what people mean by that is is that understanding of how to do something, you know, whether it be, I don't know, uh, doing counseling with someone or how to train somebody on using a new piece of equipment. If you don't understand, you're not competent in using it, then how can you help somebody else with it? You know, yeah. becoming competent in, I don't know, anything you do is, is a key element of leading and influencing. You have to be able to be a, you know, a competent individual on whatever it is you're trying to influence people upon. Because if, if you have no idea what you're talking about, you're going to lose so much credibility, Ed. You, and you know this as well as I do. You're going to lose a ton of credibility and 
every time you open your mouth, people are going to think, oh but, my goodness, does he even know what he's, I don't think he knows what he's talking about. But so th- there's, there's another side to this though, Brian. So yes, if I let it be known that I don't know, right? So now you know what I don't know, then that, that damages my credibility because of my lack of competence. But then for me, if I can control yes. my ego enough, then maybe I don't have to expose what I don't know, but I can find a way to learn what I don't know through others around. So I've told the story before yeah. on here about when I first took over a warehouse and I had not worked in a warehouse really. And instead of telling the soldiers, and, and I've just had yeah. somebody do this, instead of telling the soldiers, I have no idea what y'all do or how to do it. No, I went into the sections. I knew just a nugget enough to be like, oh, this is what this section does. Well, show me how you do this. I want to make sure, you know, you're up yeah. to speed. And now as a staff sergeant, right, I've got a junior soldier teaching mm-hmm. me how to do their job. And the junior soldier never knew. I had no clue. Because you just got to know some things, you know, like in my no, MOS, no. in my job, you just got to know enough to ask those questions. But so that's part of the competence is he didn't know I was incompetent in the section. But then I got competence through learning from that soldier and other junior soldiers and became competent. Then I became the subject matter expert to them. They're like, oh, he knows. He's always known. Mm-hmm. It's those people. And, and people do it. I just saw it at this meeting that I was just at where they come out and they immediately say, yeah, I have no idea what's going on, but I'd like to learn. Well, good for you that you want to learn, but don't take away your own credibility by saying, I have no idea what's going on. At least that's what I think. I don't think you should take your credibility away, you know, in front of a giant audience of people. So, yeah. So there's a flip side to that competence. And then the other thing, one last point. uh, So, you can't be just competent as a leader. There's components of leadership that you got to be competent in that make you a component or a competent leader. There's no, oh, I know this thing, this thing, this thing. I'm a, I'm a competent leader. No, you need to know all the little details that fall under it to build, mm-hmm. to become that competent leader. I mean, you right now, Brian, you've, you've sat in the seat. You know, I know you've been, a, you've been a first arm for a while. You had sat in. And you have an idea what a sergeant's major does, but you don't know all of it. You, you're not fully competent yet. That's why you're in school, to become no. fully competent, no. right? That's how I kind of see competence when I was reading this article. Is really, I've thought about you being there right now. Like I think of you as a very competent leader, but now you're at another level where you've got to learn and, and experience mm-hmm. things, and then you'll become more and more competent as a sergeant major, and that's when they'll select you for some nominative positions. We'll see. Hey, with that, before we go, any, before we go any further, Ed, something I'm trying to do now is I want to make sure everybody understands that everything we say, we do, uh, we represent on this show is our own opinions. It's not the opinions or of yeah. the United States Army or the United States. Uh, this is all our opinion, and we're just stating it freely. Uh, so we want to make sure there's no affiliation with that. Uh, it's just something somebody told me about. It's like, hey, you probably should do this. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. You know what you you brought up something good that reminded me of a lesson I learned this week, Ed. Uh, and it was it was from it was from my one of my instructors uh, this week because you know we're we're officially on now. You probably saw my first day I of school saw, picture. I saw your Did first you see day it? Of school I look great, don't I? You look like a giant oversized Ethan, honey. I blew up the Ethan like you just. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I yeah. saw it with your pouty face and everything. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, that was so that whole pouty shit. That was I I was like mixed by between like looking happy and that and like you see all these kids going back to school and they all look upset in their photos. So yeah. I was what I was gonna do is I was gonna do that one and then at the end of the year when I finally if I finally graduate, do that, you know, the happy letter, like, yay, I did it. Yeah. You know. Um anywho. <laughs> so we're full we're full time in class now and uh we're doing some things. But Ed, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been told by anyone what it was about not walking on grass, what that actually meant ever uh, in your career? I believe I don't know if I've ever been told. I've always assumed it was some kind of a discipline thing. Um, but that's the only thing I ever could think of it was. Yeah. So I've never been told. I never understood it. And that's why I always was like, whatever, it's a stupid rule. Then in class this week, uh, our instructor, he explained what it actually means. And I'm thinking, why don't they tell us this in an earlier, you know, earlier point in our career? Because then there's meaning behind it. And actually, now I find myself thinking, I don't think I want to walk on the grass now because it actually made sense. So this is what he said, Ed. He said, think about it this way. If you will cut across the grass, what tells me uh, that you in your daily job, you won't cut corners in your daily job. I'm like, huh, makes sense. Okay. Now think about it. If you're cutting across the grass and you're using a different pathway, you're eroding the grass. Right, so you're wearing it down. You're creating new a, a new pathway of how things are are done when there was already one made for you that you could follow easily and not destroy the grass. Right, and how he related this was okay. So now what you're doing is you're showing your cut corners, and you may be setting a new trend that could erode away at the organization and its ability to perform. And I thought, I mean. Is it is walking across grass okay? Yeah, I don't think that's bad. But now when I thought of it that way, I was like, wow, man. I mean, it makes sense to me now if somebody says it. They see or an indisciplined soldier, like you said, or an indisciplined person cutting across the grass. They take shortcuts and they erode away. They 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 possibly take shortcuts in life and erode away things at the organization. And I thought, makes sense. You know, I mean, to each your own. Uh, how you see it, if you feel differently or other people feel different, whatever, you know, type thing. But when I heard that, that was one of those things that I became competent on now because I had never know. 22 years later, Ed, yeah, I never, never heard this. Never it heard took 22 it. years. Never. Now, I'm going to make sure I teach people what I heard. So uh, <laughs> your thoughts on it? I mean, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I get the idea behind it now. I do. I never heard it. But. I've also don't do it, but the reason was because I got scuffed up for doing it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, remember, I'm a 90s soldier, <laughs> so I got scuffed yeah, up yeah, yeah. so many times as a private for doing it. It's not, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's hard to explain. I'm not saying I would cut corners, but I won't cut that corner because I got scuffed up. So true story, Fort Campbell was going to the dry cleaners over there by the clothing sales, Right. He does, I remember it. He does not have a path to the sidewalk from the parking lot that's right in front of his store. You got to walk down a little further to get to the sidewalk. So I walk down to the yeah. sidewalk. You know, I come in the store. He says, you've been in the Army a long time, Sergeant. And I said, what makes you say that? He says, because you just went out your way 
to not walk on that grass when you could have just walked straight to my door? And I was like, yeah. He's yeah. like, that's an old soldier thing. That's something y'all do. Yeah. So, yes, I so I do. I, I get the idea behind it, Brian. Like I said, I have a different reason that I don't do yeah. it. I have some other beliefs behind all that stuff that, you know, I don't want to share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I get you. And you know, I will, I will, I won't be that person because I, ne- I have never been that person where I would get mad at somebody or yell at them or get on them for walking the grass. What I'll do is I'll teach the lesson that I learn. If they choose influence, right? They choose yeah. not to do it. Maybe I've created some type of influence, some type of yeah. discipline within it. If they choose to continue doing it, well, maybe I haven't reached them in a certain way, or maybe I've got to work some out. You know, so I can I can use that as an evaluation tool almost for yep. myself. You know, um, all right. So <laughs> let's we're gonna move on. Ed, uh, we, under competency, uh, this author he talks about, but there is a problem with leaders who focus only on leadership competence. They will be effective as leaders, but they may not be good leaders. So if you're if you're only focused on this, you may have a problem. And this is where he says leaders also need to uh, need the second C, which stands for character. And what is character? Ed, let me uh, let me bring up a definition that I found on character after I get rid of this whatever it popped up. So, the ag- <clears throat> character, the aggregate of features and traits that form the individual nature of some person or thing. One such feature or trait, characteristic, moral or ethical quality. That's one of those things that, you know, morally, ethically, uh, legally right. You know, I've always, I I bring it up a few times that character, that's a big part of your character. Uh, And then I'd found, I'd found something else about character. No, I'll bring that up in a little bit. Um, but on here, Ed, he talks about he talks about character is the inner disposition and commitment to live and lead from a strong base of positive and healthy beliefs and motivations. A positive, like so that you think about it, like it's it's a way to kind of lead in that way. Uh, positive character traits include integrity, trustworthiness responsibility, perseverance, mm-hmm. kindness, and a focus on others over self. Ed, think about those words, right? <laughs> you think about that integrity, trustworthy, yeah. responsibility, perseverance, all the, you think about those words. Now think about the leaders that you have learned to respect over your years, Ed. Did they show those traits? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, those fit into a good yeah. positive kind of character of a leader. So, I mean, obviously he says it, yeah. but yeah, I can look at it and I can think about a leader from, I mean, I can even go back to, like I said, 90 soldier days and I could think of the leader and be like, yeah, did I trust them? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah, I can see how these play into some of the great leaders that I've had the privilege of, of working with. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it makes me think of, uh, Two people, one you you and I both consider a great friend, and then the other one I, I think of as a friend and mentor at the same time. I think of John Rogers, and I think mm-hmm. of Jace, uh, Joshua Bryan, right? I think about how they were, the positive character traits. And when I say these words, I think of them and how they always acted, you know, integrity, 
trustworthiness, responsibility, perseverance, uh, kindness, and a focus on others over self. Those, those are that. I mean, that's a lot. It really is because some people have a hard time with some of those things. You know, you think about that uh, putting others over self. Yeah, I was gonna say some people. Some people have a uh, two of these, three of them. Some people have one. Some yeah. people have them all. Yeah. Um. You know, and yeah. I think if I had to say which one is the most difficult for people, I'd say in my experience, a lot of people have a problem with that, uh, especially for us where we're competitive for promotion. Is the uh, yeah focus on others over yourself is a little bit more difficult. A lot of people uh, struggle with that. And again, like in our in our field, we're you know, how many seats are in the class you're in right now? What, 24 or something like that? And you're all competing for those 24 seats? Uh, each classroom? Yeah. Well, overall, how many people in the full class? Um, We're like 539-ish. Yeah. But- right, so we have, I mean, that's how many there are. But then you think you got to break it down by uh, different career management fields, things like that. We're not yeah. like I'm not competing uh, for a job with an infantry guy. I'm just the just the aviation people, right? Right. And, and then there's thousands you know, of you're people. You're competing, right? So you're trying yeah. to make yourself. Yeah, thousands mm-hmm. of people there. You know, so five hundred. Yeah. Somebody wants to be the honor grad. Somebody wants. So sometimes those are the difficulties of putting somebody else focus on somebody else over yourself is because these are other things that you're trying to achieve. They kind of make you go, well, yeah. so just the difficulty. I know I've seen a lot and it, it, you know, and I've, I've had leaders who are like that, the, you know, what can I do to get promoted? What can I do to get promoted? But mm-hmm. they ain't worried about private Haley trying to get promoted. They're worried about me trying to get promoted. So, so just, yeah. 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 It, in, we relate to that because we were instructors. We saw from the instructor side with students right yeah. how they i mean they claw at the wall to be the number one and it's like okay hold on i know you want to be good and you're trying to beat this person but why don't you just beat yourself first just beat who you are yeah. you know like if you have a goal and you set it for yourself just beat your goal and it will show but don't don't dismantle someone else don't absolutely like, don't be a narc you know snitches get stitches uh don't don't try to you know do that and that happens too much you know, um, so I took, I took on the role as class leader for, uh, my, my, my classroom them. And, and I put out uh, some notes, uh, Friday night after school. Um, and in the very end of it, I, I, I told them, I said, listen, I said, we're all here for the same thing. I don't care if you're saying OS with me or you're competing with me or not. I, I'm not competing with any of you. I told them, I said, you know, the person I'm trying to compete with is myself. So if I can help any of you along the way and you need my assistance, please let me know. I will help you in anything you need. Uh, I said, mm-hmm. basically, we're here to uh, do this and graduate. That's it. You know? Uh, so, yeah, it's just, I it drives me crazy because sometimes people will just, they will cut other people's throat. Oh, and that yeah. speaks upon their character. Not my job. To get ahead. That's what and I you've hate. seen it. Yeah, I hate I that. know you've seen it. I know, I know a guy, right? Used yeah. to work for him that we both don't like. Right, exactly. He's retired now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, Character. That's, how, that's, how does that fit in? That's the worst. The, the not my desk. Oh, that's not my job. I mean, but you can help me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I get you, brother. And I, I figured that was strike a chord. Let me uh, let me continue reading on. Let's see, let's see what this has to say. Uh, character isn't about what we say, though it can affect the words we use. But it is more about who we are and what our internal unwavering beliefs are. Our internal. It's not about that external factor. It's not about that other person, Ed. It's 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 what what is that un wavering belief that we hold inside you've brought it up for what is it vbbn you yep. want to tell them about it again values behaviors beliefs and norms which are really they are mm-hmm. the found i think they're the foundation of your character right like where you come from how you were raised and then even in the military you come in and then you're raised through the military and you pick up certain values behaviors beliefs and norms through the military that develop who you become as, mm-hmm. as a leader you know Yes. Yes. And, and that's what I think when I think about those, I think about those values, beliefs, behaviors, mm-hmm. and norms. And I, I link those to character. Those are the, those are like that small foundation that helps help, you know, it's kind of like, uh, if you've ever built a building, you know, and you got to do a slab, well, you first got to level it off. Right. So you got to get a good playing field. Yeah. And then a lot of times they put, they put rocks down before they put the concrete. I think the VBBN Ed is the rocks. Right. Those are underneath there. They're help. They help what stabilize and get everything right. And then we start with the concrete for the foundation, the foundation being that character. Yeah. That, that foundation also being that competence kind of sort of and that commitment or, that we're going to talk about. So um, where was I? All right. Here we are. <clears throat> ethical behavior comes out, uh, comes not out of knowing ethical decision-making models, which we have one. Uh, yeah. well, we have a decision-making model within, within the services. But uh, though those are good to learn, and I recommend people looking at uh, different type of decision-making models. Uh, we have the military decision-making process. Anyone can find that. All you got to do is go into Google. Uh, Google. Professor, <laughs> Google, Professor Google. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just MDMP, put that in there and see what that means. Uh, but it comes from a deep commitment to ethical principles and virtues. So we're so we're actually, Ed, we're kind of diving into commitment that we're going to talk about in a few minutes already in character. So character, you know, having that commitment to those principles is what builds that character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are just like you know, my favorite thing, Legos, you're building on each other. Right. So, you know, yes, the VBBN is our foundation. And in these things we're talking about today, they're the next set of building blocks to develop you as a Mm -hmm. leader and influencer. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, Ed, so I want to, I like what you brought up there. Right. And, and it's a lot like, uh, laying bricks. Think about like actual bricks and Legos. You take Legos, right? If you take a Lego, uh, I think it's the eight blocker, right? You take an eight blocker, you put another eight blocker directly on top of it and you keep building it straight up. Is it easier to break that or if you offset it a little bit, right? So that maybe you have two eight blockers then you have one in the middle and one on each side and you build this like weird like brick wall. You know, it's not as easy to break that apart, right? It's... it holds better. And that's why that's where you were going as I feel like these three C's they're, 
they're almost on top of each other slightly, but they're touching the other one, and then they're touching something else as a part of leadership, and you know, and, it, and it's building this crazy wall. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's exactly what I was, was kind of getting at. Is it strengthens? Yeah. If you yes, like with these three, if you take one out, then you weaken the leader. But if you have all yes. three, then that's the stronger the leader is, and then the stronger each one is. Maybe he's a bigger brick. Maybe he's a you know a ten block. Maybe he's whatever. He, he can get stronger and stronger. He doesn't have to be limited because he can develop his kind yes. of competence, his you know his uh, commitment, and make himself a better herself, a better leader. Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right. So we make ethical decisions because we are ethical people, ethical leaders. Character is who we are, and it results then in what we do all right so as that was character we're going to go a little bit further and we're going to go into commitment and then uh i i don't really i wasn't thinking about less ed getting into the little backstory of the uber thing unless you really want to talk about i wanted to talk more about like how do we seek those three c's once we get done here so we'll move on to commitment commitments that last one right Yep. Uh, and I found some stuff. I'm going to pull those up online after I read this first sentence here. So commitment. The third C of effective leaders brings in the, the will of the leader. Am I dedicated to the leadership task I have taken on? Am I unswerving in continually improving my leadership, my team, and my organization? That's a mm. good question to ask. Yeah. Am I unserving, unswerving in improving, constantly improving? Now, Ed, does that really mean, hey, I'm going to look for all the wrong things all the time? No, no. It's looking for your contribution to the team, though. Like, just a little thing. I mean, it's so small. You could do such a small thing. They could become part of the standard operating procedures that changes the way something is done. And So it doesn't mean, you know, it's it's multiple ways to look at that. Absolutely. So uh, in my research, before I go a little bit further on with what uh, we were just reading, I was reading there uh, in my research here, I pulled up and it looks like when I did some research, at it, it's like a book I found. It looks like from a school, uh, but it answers, well, what is commitment? Commitment is dedication to a particular organization, cause or belief and a willingness to get involved. That's that. That's that other piece. What you were just saying, too, is like within that leadership is that willingness to do it. Uh, people who are committed to an organization or effort truly believe that it is important and that they show up, follow through, and stick with it. That's mm. what commitment is. You show up, you keep going, and you stay with it to see it through. Uh, you know, I mean, well, hey, great example, Ed, this show. You know, we've gone through some hard times of trying to link up of trying to, you know, create the shows or different things as it happened. But we, it was like, we were committed to the overall cause. Like, let's keep going. Let's, let's not let this die out. You know, obviously we ran into efforts that we couldn't avoid. You had to go somewhere last week. Understandable. Got to stay committed. Got to keep the cause. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, commitment is a huge thing. And then, I mean, I'm guilty too. So, you know, parts of the organization, I I get to an organization and maybe I wasn't as committed. I'm not involved as much. And then now, you know, um, you want to get more out there. You want people to see you, know who you are. I mean, my organization now is huge, but I want to get out and do things. You know, I just called my um, 
personnel office this week and I said, Hey, check it out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to be out of town for the next promotion board. So go ahead and put me down to attend uh, and be one of the members of the board again. This will be like three months in a row. Um, but they're the only three months I've ever done it. I've been here for almost three years. So that's a that's me having yeah. a renewed commitment to the organization and demonstrating it. And I'm not going, hey, look at me. I'm here. Look at me. I'm here. But people notice those things. They notice that yeah. you're out there. We had a – it was probably one of the worst org days I've been a part of because they had to cancel it, COVID mitigation. So it became from org day to a barbecue for just the soldiers and the DA civilians that work with us. Uh, but I still went and showed my face. Still went up there, got something mm-hmm. to eat. Still went up there, talked to some people. Because that shows that commitment to an organization. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember being a young private and be like, I, I hate this unit. I'm not doing anything. And they'd buy like unit shirts. And I'm like, I'm not yep. buying a new unit shirt. And I can tell you now at 20 years later, I wish I'd have had all my unit shirts uh, because I've grown and matured. And, and, you know, I wish I had those things that I was just being stubborn about. But why? Because they made me do the things I was supposed to be doing as a young soldier. Uh, so now mm-hmm. like I got here, they sell t- sweatshirts. I bought three sweatshirts because it's my unit and I need to have some unit pride, which then shows some commitment to the organization. And, uh, yeah. So, and then mm-hmm. I, I, I'm doing things that there's never been a senior, uh, leader do in my part of the organization, uh, planning full on bone exercises has never mm-hmm. been done by the non-commissioned officer. I'm the first one to do it, and I'm doing my second one now. That is changing the organization structure because now it's becoming a thing that, oh, non-commissioned officers can do that. They can they can plan these events, and they can do it yeah. well. So that's my commitment to the organization coming through. That is all. I love what you said, too, <clears throat> because that's what we're trying to – huh? I said that is all as I should. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's I I I love what you said there about that. Um, so I had a couple points about the commitment, but when you said, "Hey, we can show that we can do more than just be the coffee maker of times past," and that's where we're and that's where we're going to. Yes. We're going to that whole that whole idea of listen. Uh, that NCO is just as good as that officer over there and can do this, why this and that and that. Um, didn't you go through, you went through the MLC, the master leader course, correct? Yes, I did. And part of that was talking about, Hey, this is why we're doing all these things. Uh, we're learning how to you know, write these papers and research is so that way we, we can speak intelligently with our counterpart officers. Yeah, that that's absolutely the purpose of that school. And I mean, and honestly, we brought it up earlier, but, you know, a lot of senior officers see us as like coffee makers, get off the grass, get your hands out your pockets. And that's all we're capable of doing. But yeah, I mean, I got a bachelor's just like that officer has a bachelor's and, you know, you have a master's just like that senior officer has a master's. And so there's more you could do yeah, than that. And so when I was here and, and they were like, well, we're short officers to plan these exercises, I raised my hand and said, well, I can, I can go over there, learn from the officers that do it, and I can plan exercises. And uh, I've been doing it for two and a half years now. So, uh, yeah, it's changing changing that course, changing mm. that organization. But that's a yeah. new commitment. So not only is that a commitment to your organization, Brian, but I would argue that's a commitment to the non-commissioned officer corps. 
to change how people see us. And honestly, I get offended. Yes. Even though it's just them asking me to be nice, I really do get offended when an officer says, hey, can you make me a cup of coffee? I really have to think about it and be like, he's just asking because I'm standing in front of the coffee pot making my own. He's not asking because he thinks that's all I'm capable of. Now, if it's an officer I've been working with for a while, they might get it. You make your own coffee. Well, I was like, so uh, I do get a little rubbed raw from that little scar tissue from what they expect of us, but... Um, but you do have to think about it. You do. You have to think about yeah. it. Hey, I'm standing here literally waiting on my cup to finish. And it was one of those grinding coffee pots, right? So all I got to do is take his cup, put his cup, push the button. Hey, it's on, sir. So I'm like, mm. so yeah, I'm not a coffee maker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. By hey, any means. So I, think, <laughs> I think what you just said. <laughs> no, I think what you just said, Ed, was, is it speaks also to a culture change. Yes. We're changing the culture and how we're being looked at as professionals. You know, we're not that, uh, just that person who's being told what to do. We're actually making decisions. We, yeah. we need to be doing that more. We need to, you know, I mean, obviously we have, uh, in, in our world, we call it commander's intent. I can imagine what it's like in the business world, like, uh, like CEO intent or whatever, you know, leadership intent. mission statement. We know what in, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So we get that intent and then we run with it and we run hard with it. And then we do we do little waypoint check-ins, a little bit of hey, so I just want to let you know this is what we got going on. Blah, 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 boom. We got this. We're gonna do this. Um, it's following what you were talking about there. And sometimes, okay, maybe we do steer off course just a little bit and say, Well, my intent was actually okay, got you. We're gonna fix that. We're gonna go this way with it. And that to me, that's part of that commitment. To yeah, stay on that because how many times, how many times, Ed, have you ever uh, been working on a project and somebody come to you and say, no, that's all wrong. And you just, the wind out of your sails. Mm. Y- yes. Younger, younger me. Yes. Older me, again, the importance of, and so many times we've talked about on here, the importance of your ego management, right? So now we see it as yes. some good feedback. And helping develop us and helping us to be to lifelong learn. Uh, but when you're younger, like, yeah, it was like a punch in the gut when you're younger. Like, um, especially if it was somebody who didn't work mm-hmm. in your organization, wasn't in your career field, got, you know, you know, hopefully it's not somebody who's like a mechanic telling you you're running your 90, whatever your logistics thing wrong. Because then you really like, this is my job. You do your job, I'll do. But in reality, they may yeah. be just trying to develop you and make you more well-rounded. Um, so, yes, it does take the wind out of your sails. I feel like as I got older, I got a little better at handling that kind of criticism. Um, you know, unless my wife talks bad about one of my stakes I make, then it's wind out my sails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife tells me I do something wrong. I'm not, it doesn't knock the wind out of my sails. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> But hey, let me continue on right here what yeah. this has to say. And then what we're going to do is we're going to dive into you and I back and forth real quick, how to help people seek these three C's and try to uh, get further. So here we go. Without commitment, I can be the most competent leader with high character, but this goes nowhere without the unwavering will to serve others through my leadership. Mm. Robert Greenleaf spoke about the need to commit to serve first and once that initial decision is made, 
to to then take on the role of leading others. So you got to make that decision first. You can't just go out and lead. You've got to know that, hey, it's not about me. It's about them. Whatever is needed or whatever I have to do to help that person is what's important. Our commitment is to lead by serving others first. That's that servant leadership uh, we've kind of gone into before. And uh, I think we're going to dabble into that next week when we talk about the leadership styles that we're going to go over. Yeah. Um, But Ed, this is what I'm thinking. We're going to talk about these three. How do you achieve... How do you achieve success in each one of these? Like, what is the example that we you or the, not the example, but the advice you would give somebody from your experience oh boy. Uh, to increase competence? Let's go with competence first. What is your advice? So competence, we can go with. Um, well, first of all, Robert Greenleaf, I believe, wrote the book wrote a book on servant leadership. So um, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so for competence, I think you really got to focus book. on um, lifelong learning and self development. I think that feeds your competence quite a bit for me. I, I think that it mm-hmm. helps you to understand. So when we talk about casting a vision, planning and acting strategically, these are things that you're going to learn through your experiences and your learning, right? Um, you know, young Sergeant right. Haley had no clue how to make his team work. I had to learn that. You have to learn that through experience or through studying leadership. I mean, what was it back in the day? It was uh, FM 22-100. I believe is what leadership was in our day before it changed to the ADP, ADRPs. Yes. Yeah. So I read that thing front to back before I went to the primary leadership development course. Uh, and, and you learn a lot about teamwork through that, but you got to study it and then you have to execute it. You can't just read the leadership handbook for the army and say, yep, got it. You have to demonstrate it. Do the things you read. Put them in action, and that will increase your uh, your competence, and it'll show yeah. your competence. And then the other thing, Brian, and I was really bad at this too. Sometimes you don't want to put yourself out there because you're worried that what you think you know is not correct, mm-hmm. and then you're going to lose that competence. So along yes. with competence, I think you you know I said there's other yeah. C's. I think confidence. So if you're studying and you know it. You got to be confident enough to go out and use it. And I think that that then yeah. also increases the perception of how your levels of competence, Brian. What are your thoughts, man? I, you, you, uh, you definitely brought it to the limelight of like, hey, this is how you do it. So when I think about competence, I, I want to, I, what he read in, what was read in here says like guiding others through change. I like that, like guiding others through change. And one of the easy ways to be competent on something is uh, coaching. Okay, so not not coaching like sport. It could be sports, could be anything, but coaching people through things. Like right, don't be in the don't always be the problem solver. Right, Uh, somebody comes to you with a problem, you coach them through to their solution. At the same time, you become competent on the subject matter because you don't know everything. Uh, you know, and a great book that I reference, I've referenced a few times. I've got an audio book of it and I've also got it on EPUBs. I don't, I think I have, I think I have a hard copy too of it. It's called the coaching habit and the coaching habit really helps you ask those fact finding questions. The same thing you said you did when you went into that, when you went into that warehouse and you didn't know those particular jobs, mm-hmm. you coached them through but while you were doing that, you were feeding yourself with that information to become yeah. competent. 
I think to me, that's my recommendation. Learn how to coach people. If you learn how to coach people, you will learn what you need to, to be competent in things. Now, do you still got to read to learn new stuff? Yes, absolutely. Lifelong learning, like you said, is the most key. That's the key factor in being competent. Yeah. By far. So that's that's my two cents on it. I say go start coaching people and learn how to coach properly. Yeah. I think that, that's good. Good. That's very good feedback, Brian. I think it's important. And um, yeah, I think we've got competence so, pretty good. Yeah. So with character, man. What do you recommend to our listeners and viewers um, to help them build their character? Well, this, so this one's, a, I think this is a little bit more difficult. You know, we talked about it is. values, behaviors, beliefs, and norms. So these are all foundations that are set from you. You know, as a child, you start setting these things. So if you have something that maybe isn't a value that lines up with maybe your organization, so it can be it can be yeah. difficult to change those behaviors, um, man. Yeah, that's a, it's going to take some self reflection, I think. Definitely some awareness, maybe you know some emotional intelligence to be self aware and and to regulate those things. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit stumped, Brian. What do you have? I'm a little bit stumped because they're so ground in your foundation. I, I've been working on this one. <clears throat> Yeah. Hmm. Yes. So here's a, here's a plan. Here's an idea. This is what I want you to think about. Building a leadership philosophy. We talked about this with Tom when Tom Bramer was on. Yeah. Uh, now retired uh, he, back in Ohio. He talked about building a leadership philosophy. So what you do is in that leadership philosophy, you add in those VB, that, those values, beliefs, behaviors, and norms. Like what is expected? Not okay. of, the, of people around you, what is expected of you? Basically, you're saying, hey, these are my, this is my policy to myself. This is how I, I expect myself to act. Hold me to this. What you're doing is you're setting up your character. Because now when you're acting as such, as you said in your leadership policy, uh, not policy, your leadership philosophy, philosophy, when you show it, yeah, when you show that, people are going to be like, Man, he is of high, outstanding character. That is care. That's building that character. I can't. I can't judge you, Ed, uh, when I first meet you, if I don't know you, or I don't know the type of person you are. I and I wouldn't say judge you, but I can't. I can't say, hey, you, he has good character or not. But then after I get to know you, and I know, okay, like you're a family man who loves his family to death. You're an outstanding husband who's dedicated to your marriage. You're a person who puts hard. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you're a person who puts hard work in where it's needed, right? I learned those. I, I learned those three things. I guarantee you within like that first time period when we were starting uh, off with instructing together, where we were going through the training that we did to mm-hmm. become instructor. I was like, oh, wow. So, and then I was able to say, okay, this is a guy, this is an individual of, of high character, right? And, but that's what I'm saying. Like, why not back it up a little bit? Um, if you're a leader with an organization, why don't you develop your own leadership philosophy and and let people know, hey, this is this this is me. And then they're gonna start seeing that. And once they see it, then they'll know. And that to me, that's how you can build character um to help with in the leadership realm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it does make sense, Brian. It does make sense. So here, here I have one for you off of character that 
recently had some issue with. So there's a character when we're at work, and then there's a character when you're away from work. And maybe that character doesn't line mm. up with what I, for my VBBN, but it's very difficult now because you got to, you got I feel like you have to separate yourself from that person because you're like, no, would you, your beliefs are not lining up here and they're way off, you know? So I just had this issue. And so it's kind of like, it's hard, right? Like you evaluate somebody's character and now you're like, oh, whoa, you're not who I thought you were. So just one of the struggles that oh, you come with. like two different people. Characters. Yeah, yeah, like way different. Like two different people. So you're kind of like, I based you off your original, my original interpretation of your character. I was like, this is somebody I can hang out with. I like, you know, this is somebody I can bring around. But then you see that other side of them, right? Mm-hmm. Their, their other personality and character. And now you're like, Ooh, I don't even think I want to be around you at all unless it's for work and I have to be, you know? So be careful with the character evaluations because they can put you in. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, it's a difficult situation to have those two types of character and you're like, which one are you truly? Cause is it the, you know, this one or is it the one at work? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see it as the wolf. I see it as the wolf in sheep's clothing or, you know, you can use any type of thing, you know, a, a snake in the ground. Uh, I see it as an imposter, uh, oh, being an yeah. imposter, it just, you know, being that fake individual. Like you, when you see that though, like you feel differently about that person. It's almost like, Ooh, do I trust you? I, do 100%. I, do, that's right where I'm at with Yeah. It. Do I lean? Yeah. 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 No, I get you, man. I, I am totally, I, I feel the same way you do. And I've, I've met individuals like that and you're just like, bro, you're fake as all get out. And, and I know some people like that very yeah, well. I and, <laughs> and, it's and I, I will put, put it this way. I don't invite them to my house to eat with my family. You know why? Because I respect my family enough. That's they funny. Make, uh, those individuals. When I had the issue, that's exactly what I told my wife. I said, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not inviting them over for dinner or anything. I just have to be around them at certain points at work. So, okay. Yeah. So next if, we have. If my wife is beside you. Yeah, no, no. If my wife, because I know you do this too. If my wife is beside me and you approach me and I don't introduce her to you, I will let you know that's the first indicator that I don't respect you. <laughs> yeah. You should, we should not put that out over the podcast. <laughs> now people are going to be like, you didn't introduce oh. me. I'm also old and sometimes forget to introduce people, but primarily that is why (laughs) I don't introduce them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. So we're, we're, Hey, we're tapping onto the last one because we're hitting our one hour mark. Uh, Commitment. How, how do we create commitment, Ed? Well, so uh, you could probably go a few different ways with this. Um, But one thing is take some ownership uh, and get invested in your organization um, and then if you have issues with the organization, don't put down the organization, bring the organization up, figure out how you can help bring the organization up to, uh, to the level where you're like, wow, I'm proud to be of this organization. So if you join it, you know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. civilian world, I'm going to join here in a few years, you join an organization, a civilian world, you can't just willy nilly just quit jobs in the civilian world, right? Because now your resume is going to have eight different jobs over the course of a year. So you need to figure out like first 
really research an organization before you even take a, a, a job there. And then when you get there and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's okay, but not what I expected, but how can I make it better and bring it up? And, and you show that, that kind of commitment. Um, and then for our side, the house, man, like don't base, you know, people go on, um, you'll see them on the Facebook pages for the military. You'll see these Facebook posts and they'll say, Hey, what's Fort drum like? And then you get all these negative things, right? But maybe you should base it on what you think mm-hmm. Fort drum is like. Now, if you want to say, what's the housing market like at Fort drum? Okay. There's some value there helps you, right? You know what you're looking at cost wise, kind of, Oh, this area is a little bit more built up than this area, whatever. But, uh, you know, I go, you go to Fort drum. All right. Well, there's three, four brigades at Fort drum. They're not all the same leadership. So just because you had bad experiences with this leadership, there's still three more brigades that might be fantastic and the weather's not going to change, but it's not just Fort drum. Yes. They do it with all the organizations, all the posts. They say, Hey, I'm assigned to what's that like? I mean, I feel like you should get there. I can tell you, I've never posted that. I've never done that one. Yes. Get there and inform your own opinion. Because if you don't, what you're going in, you're going in with a negative image. And that makes it more difficult for you to commit and be loyal to the organization because you've got this negative, you want it to be bad because that's what you read on the on the Facebook. So those type of things, mm. have an open mind and look for that commitment. And then if you got juniors, soldiers or junior, whoever in your organization working underneath you or working with you, but at a junior level, um, hey, take care of them. And, and that's, you show commitment yes. and you build all that leadership capital that we've talked about a number of times. Yeah. I, uh, and I'm going to say, I look at it two different things um, as leaders of any, in, in any organization. Uh, I look at it as commitment to the organization, commitment to your people. Absolutely. Right? So there's two different things that you have to be, you have to be committed to and you have to work on the commitment to the organization. It's doing those things. Like you said, uh, you mentioned earlier, buying those t-shirts, going to these functions, Get involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Bryan, he told me a long time ago, he said, listen, you may not like to go to these functions, but what it does is it shows that you're committed to the organization you're a part of. Go mm-hmm. to them. And absolutely. Anytime I'm, I'm, I have to do something, I go to those and I look for the good in them, right? I don't go to complain. I don't go to like, I can't believe I'm here again. You know, oh, that, this is so no, stupid. When I show up, <laughs> yeah, I, I like, you know what I like it for? I like it for interaction. I love those types of things because then what I do is I get to interact with people outside of the normal job. We get mm-hmm. to like, you know, we feast together. We do, you know, whatever. We talk about this. I learned that maybe they're good at this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I never knew that about you. So that's what I like about that. The second part, Ed, is you have to work on being committed to your people. How do we get committed to our people? He says in here, serving others first. Mm-hmm. Well, what's some of the ways we can serve others first? Some of those ways are when you know they're having a difficult time with something, it's not going like turning your back again to them. Let the, I'm going to let them figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's that coaching that I talked about earlier. It's that helping them through those difficulties. It's yeah. being there when they ask you, I need help. Actually, free, just giving them help, you know? Uh, so you have to, you gotta get to be both. And, and on top of that, when somebody's asking you to help, let's say somebody does something wrong or they do something bad. You don't hold it over their head. You don't treat them bad continually just because they did something wrong 
two years ago, right? And you've yes. known him that long. It's that forgive and, forgive and forget mentality. Because I'm going to tell you right now, and I know you are the same way, Ed. I've, did, I've done some bad things in my time. Like just, I wasn't a good soldier early on. Mm-hmm. I am so thankful that people look beyond that and they've treated me well. And they made, and when that happened, they treated me well. It created this little bit of pride in me to become a better person, a better soldier, yep. just a better, just overall, you know? So uh, that's my, my two cents on the commitment piece, uh, Ed. <laughs> Yeah, I think that uh, you, you made some very, very good points, Brian. And I think one of the things we didn't really mention as much is um, when you're committed to those, your juniors, right? You're committed to them. Um, then that's that leadership capital. Yes. Also, you build that. You make them want to be an organization because you take care of them. Um, and then another thing that builds that commitment. Uh, recently, I was talking with a, uh, a colonel, right? And he said that he treats all his captains. He doesn't treat them like they're junior to him he flattens his organization out so that they're comfortable to talk to him and he said you know i'm not hanging out with them on the weekends but at work i want them to be comfortable to come over and have a laugh and and also comfortable enough to come and say hey this, here's this problem here's these courses of actions that we're thinking let me mm-hmm. can we get some input mm-hmm. so he believes in a flat organization does that now he said at times the organization can't be flat. There has to be a hierarchy. You know, there's times where he has to be the colonel and they have to be the captain. Yes. But he tries to really focus on that. Um, and then what he does, too, is when we do our travels, if he goes, he goes out and he has dinner with them. Has a dinner, you know, have a, have an adult beverage, and then he, he goes back to the hotel room. But then that shows them he's human just like them, right? And that builds that trust and then that commitment from them to him. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, he's the third lieutenant colonel that's been in that seat since I've been here, and his captains right now will walk right through the wall for him, like right through it. They would not care right now. That's and awesome. I haven't seen that with any of the others. So, yeah, just that something I cool. wanted to bring up because I had this, I had to drive him, so I had this long discussion with him. It was nice to sit and just chat with a senior, you know, senior level officer who's been around forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, but that's that that's that type of information that helps us along. Because even yeah, if you, even when you retire, I retire, and we go out in the civilian sector and start doing things, those are the lessons learned that we can take on and we can teach in that civilian yes. sector. We teach it on here, obviously. But uh, yeah, man, that's I like that. That was good. You flatten out, flatten the organization. Yeah, so everyone feels equal. That's nice, man. All right, uh, and I had one last thing I wanted to read. I had one last thing I wanted to read. This was, uh, it was a little article, uh, usarmy.com. Uh, it was per- Perna, so it's a um, it's uh, General Gus Perna, he uh, the Army Materials Command uh, Commanding General. So you're probably familiar with the Materials yeah. Command, Ed. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically he's talking about the three C's, and this was just it was just. I wanted to quote him real quick and what he said here at the bottom of it. It says competence, commitment, and character. Three equal but required traits. I like that. He said they're equal. None more important than the other. Leadership is both an art and a science and requires practice to hone. But mastering the three C's will provide a strong foundation upon which to grow. That to me, that spoke 
highly one of his 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 competence in yeah. understanding that those three are required to become better leaders. I just want to read that to kind of end it out, Ed. Uh, other than that, I have nothing else on the subject. I enjoyed this conversation with you, and I really enjoyed having you back. <laughs> well, but, thank you, Brian. Uh, however, comma, I do have another C. So I talked about confidence. I do yeah. have one more C. Candor. Oh, I thought you were going to say see you no, later. Can- see you later. Oh, that would have been, <laughs> oh, that would have been such a sick burn. That would have been that would have been very Rob Riggle like right there. That would have been good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, candor. Candor is another kind of I think it could fit in with these because through all these steps, you need that candor, you need that honesty. Put it on the board. <laughs> uh, as a leader to to get that because if I'm candid with my people, I'm going to get that commitment out of them, right? Because I'm helping them develop and they're going to understand that I am doing things or saying these things to help them. So I feel like at some point, maybe really early in our career, yeah. there was a set of C's that had courage, candor, competence, commitment. I feel like, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I think it's actually an FM 22-100. I'm not going to lie to you. I do know it's in uh, ADP 6-22. Yeah, so... But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh All man. Right. All right. I, hey, quick. Uh, I want to throw. A, I want to throw a quick uh, assignment out there for people. So we went over these and we asked for more C's to add to this. But what I want to know is, how do you feel about the three C's that we brought up? How do you? What is your thoughts on these? What? I mean, what do you think? Are there other ways that we brought that we didn't bring up? that you think people could achieve reaching those three C's successfully. I'm, I'm curious to hear that, Ed. But if I wanted to hear that or I wanted to know about that, is there a way, Ed, that they could reach out and kind of let us know this? Absolutely, Brian. They can check us out on all media, social media platforms, such as 101 Influence on Facebook, 101 Influence on Instagram. The Facebook page is a closed Facebook page, so you just got to answer a couple of easy questions, and somebody from our team of excellent employees will, uh, we don't have employees, somebody from our excellent team will uh, get, grant you access so that you can get involved. You can also check things out at the one uh, Instinctive Influencers Podcast website. And, uh, of course, we encourage you to look at us and check us out on – look at us sounds so weird. Uh, we encourage you to check us out on YouTube to watch the videos. Uh, you can actually literally see Brian's eyes glaze over when I speak to him sometimes. So you can you can check that out. <laughs> but check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. Yo. Give a thumbs up. Drop a comment. Join the team. Join the Instinctive Influencers movement. <laughs> yes. Hey, Ed. Thank you so much, man. I, again, that's awesome. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm closing it out now, man, because I think we have we have gone over a lot of great stuff. So, with that, I am Brian, and I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Remember those three C's. Check it out. Be a legend. Do everything it is you can to be great. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.